What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> their uh, beaver names are pretty funny. All their baits are good. Anyway, they, they catch, work. They too. catch fish. That's no, the important part. All right, let's get the podcast going. I'm Chase Winter, your host of the podcast, Lee McClellan. I hope everybody is enjoying this wonderful fall weather. Yeah. It's been beauteous. It was supposed to be 78 and sunny today when I looked at the weather last night before bed, and I got rained on twice this yep. morning. I did, it rained at lunch. Just Sprinkled just a, a little just bit. Just a sprinkle, yeah. And that other third voice you hear, Rachel Young. Hey, everyone. What's up? This is my third. Third podcast. Third You're probably podcast. in a different position now than you were for the first one, at least. Probably mm-hmm. the second one, too. Yeah. So the first one, I was with the R3 branch, yeah. which is recruitment, retention, and reactivation uh, underneath the information education division. The second one, I believe I was with Salado. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was full-time educator at Salado. And, uh, yeah, now I'm in a totally different position. Yeah, you're with a different organization, too. Yeah, I'm no longer a state employee. Um, I'm now the executive director of the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Foundation. And you know what? I know what the foundation does, but in the in we so me and the guys here went out to lunch today, and I was thinking about this podcast on the way back, and I asked them, what would you all want to know about, you know, <clears throat> Rachel Young or the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Foundation? and Tim, right off the bat, said, well, what is the foundation? What do they do? Yeah, so, that's what I am. And, you know, I have a lot I want to talk about today because okay. I've I've been doing a lot of hunting. Youth season's coming up. We have fished the Ohio River just a few days ago, and that was a, a fun day, and I have an interesting report there. But first, let's go ahead and hit foundation. What is the foundation, and what do they do? Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, I'm brand new still. It's only been, what is it? Is it October? It's only been like three months since I've been in this position, and uh, it's been crazy since I started, so bear with me here, but the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Foundation is a 501c3 organization, so we're a nonprofit, and we are directly supporting the education programs, specifically conservation education programs at the Department of Fish and Wildlife. So the Slato Center, the three camps, so Camp Wallace, Camp Webb, Camp Curry, we do a lot to support um, them. And there's other organizations at the Fish and Wildlife Foundation. It's not exclusively the Correct. Department of Fish and Wildlife. So yeah. I think the NWTF and some other organizations, yeah. so, Rocky Mountain Oak Foundation. Yep, uh, Hunters for the Hungry, yeah, Hunters we're for a Hungry. really big partner for. I actually just dropped off a check to Roger yesterday for oh, nice. some of his processing costs for this fall and winter. Good. And uh, Shaker Village is yep. another one of our really good partners. So, yeah, we, we do a lot with different organizations. Um, but, yeah, our main mission is to support conservation education in the state. So in a nutshell, the way I phrased it to those guys, and tell, I was thinking start to finish, and essentially <clears throat> the way I look at the foundation is as that 5013C, <clears throat> excuse me, but doing fundraising and doing fundraising through different yep. events. Exactly. Like, like yeah. the Salado Sampler mm-hmm. is yeah. an event. that, I, And we used to do races. Um, used to be yeah, you know, like the, trail, a, the trail the trail runs. runs. Trail yeah. runs, obstacle course runs. So events like that to fundraise. And then also there's a number of, of raffle or drawings yep. that the foundation puts on. The kayak like the, giveaways happened already, right? Uh, That would have been before I came on. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The kayak giveaway, you're talking about the one through the department. I that, think. Yeah, that's no. through the aquatic ed division. Okay. Yeah, I think. Fine. Yeah. It was. Um, the, the, I think the most popular raffle that people probably know of, have seen, it's been around for years, is the bull elk. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then there's also, so that's just an example of one of the raffles or drawings, but all that money that the foundation, um, you know, is able to, to bring in through those raffles, through those events, through soliciting just private individuals, Mm -hmm. 
goes to support conservation in some way. Yes. Whether that be through the Department of Fish and Wildlife or Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. You mentioned one of the better things, I think, that the foundation's involved with, and that's the uh, sending kids to, to conservation to camp. camp. Yes. Essentially, yeah. That's one of my questions. How, how do you support kids? Because a lot of people don't realize how much you all do. Yeah. Uh, essentially, no camper. Like, I mean, can, uh, being able to afford conservation camp is not an issue for anybody Correct. because of the foundation, which is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is honestly probably one of my favorite parts yeah. of the job so far is knowing that a lot of the money that we raise at the foundation is going towards those camp scholarships for kids who wouldn't be able to go to camp otherwise. Yeah. And I went to camp. You went to camp, didn't you, Chase? Lee went to camp. Too. Lee oh, went to yeah. camp. So well, I learned to drive, we're, a, yeah. drive an outboard. Yeah, yeah. Then the I, tiller, uh, and I was like, oh, I had it backwards, because when you go this way, you know, it's, it's counterintuitive. <laughs> I, I, me loved, I was like, oh, if I want to go left, i got to push right, you know, that kind of thing. I loved camp as a kid, and I think oh, it's too. one I of those it. things that every kid should go to. I mean, if you ask anyone my age if they went to camp as a kid, they're probably going to say yes, and it's yeah. either going to be a conservation camp. 4-H camp, 4-H camp or, or, scout camp. Bo- or scout camp exactly i did not enjoy 4-h camp as much. i didn't either i, I didn't went go to, to 4-h camp no i went to summer lot... camp in the scouts and that was great i love the organization but i do remember i, I think i went in fourth grade and yeah, then I went, went to camp to 4-h camp went to camp wallace as a fifth grader and there was just such a big difference between the two yeah there is and you know and my biggest i'm not trying to knock on 4-h camp i don't even know how it is anymore but back in the day they had fourth graders and eighth graders in the same cabins and there's a big difference in a fourth grader <laughs> and eighth grader. Yeah. I remember I was a little fourth grader in there, and some of these eighth graders, like I said, didn't like me, yep. picking on me. I'd love to find those guys now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. you, you <laughs> you're, you've grown quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop a model in them now. Yeah. I, was a, I was a late bloomer. I've still got my ID from when I was 12, and it said I was. Uh, Five two and like uh, eighty five pounds or something like that, you know. So yeah, a little bit's changed, but conservation <laughs> camp was fun and still, like if I have to cross a fence with uh, when I'm hunting. Yes. Oh, I remember. I remember mind, that too. I still always think about it. Dad and See, my, uh, crossing um, logs. Yeah. Like they taught us to look over the log before we. Mine crossed. was completed yep. in nineteen seventy seven. Oh, let me see that. <laughs> but now it says date of birth. They issued this as a reissue in 03, oh, okay. but it came from 1977. So that was uh, wow. 12 years before I was even, even a thought. Mm-hmm. What so year that, was that? Uh, I was born in 67. I was, how old were you ten. in your camp? 10? You were 10 at yeah. fourth grade? Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, and some you, kids were homesick. Were in there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All night yes. whimpering, and I've already been to I, camp. I was like, yay. Yeah. I did not Some have Some of them were problem. afraid to swim in the lake, too. It's like, it's not a pool. I can't see the bottom. They were all freaked out. I jumped in there. I the swam farm sw- pots. Swimming for the brick was my favorite. Yeah, that's For sure. Yeah. That, and, but it really is. The thing that sticks with me the most is probably the whole crossing a fence with a gun. Because they make mm-hmm. you do that course yep. if you're trying to get your outdoorsman badge okay. or get your winch card. It's much more intensive than an actual, like a hunter ed course now where you mm-hmm. can do it online. It's in the range oh. day. You know, you do online on a range day now. But back then, I mean, they would have you literally walk a course through the woods. Oh, yeah. You'd come up to a, you'd have a target, and uh, you'd have to tell them if it was safe to shoot or not to shoot. And then you'd have to cross the fence, and you'd have to hand your gun off to your buddy with the safety on and Mm -hmm. practice all that stuff. Did you get your sportsman's badge oh my god yeah. see I, did I didn't and it, <laughs> i told emily hogue i'd be billing her for my therapy for the no. trauma that caused me as an adult i didn't get my archery badge i missed i missed about like two points archery is fun. and i'll never forget archery is real fun. it was like I, I let the last shot go 
and I realized that I didn't get it, and I, that was the last one I needed. I crushed my, my casting. I just, just dominated and I, casting. Tears welled up in my eyes, and the counselor looked at me, and they were like, "Are you okay?" And I said, through tears, "It's just allergies." As like a ten year old, I'm trying to play it off and be cool about it. But yeah, if given the opportunity as an adult, I would go back and get that sportsman's badge. I think about the casting all the time too, because if I'm trying to fit a cast up in a tight spot, a lot of times I think about it because they would have the, the floating hoops. Right, it's floating like hoops, yeah. and you hit with the casting dummy. Was, yep, and they had different size ones right so a big hula hoop and then they'd have a smaller loop inside of it and you had to try to and uh they'd be at different distances i wish there was a, a course like that i could just go to like i wish we had little hula hoops and casting bobbers we could that go would be fun. practice it would be fun but i, I think about conservation camp all the time I'm still oh, I loved out it. there so yeah i loved it oh, you said something a second ago oh yeah when you were talking about if i could go back as an adult so we went and filmed something at conservation camps about two years ago. And I hadn't been to Camp Earl Wallace since I was in the really? sixth grade okay. or whatever. And when I went back, you know how when you go to your elementary school, all the hallways seem really small? so small. It wasn't like that. For some reason, yeah. that place seemed just like I remembered it. Yep. And everything was, you know, exactly in the right spots. Cabins were, of course, redone. And the dining hall was nicer. And everything had been fixed up a little bit. But everything was right where I remembered it, you know. Just, it's almost like muscle memory. Yeah. We mm-hmm. went there for Bo, I think. Or I was there recently for something, and it yeah, it's yeah. the same. I got to play a game of pickup. I went to Camp Curry on Kentucky Lake. Then we we drove across the dam. Back then, you they'd let you, you know, they've moved it off now yeah. with the new bridge. And I remember looking, but I didn't realize I was looking up lake, and, you know, it's only 100 and something miles long. I was like, you can't see across the lake. It's so big. <laughs> <laughs> so big. I caught a sauger on a cane pole in a bomb. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll forget. It was great. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Good. Uh, that's funny. So, concept, but we got it way off track. Yeah. But yeah, sending kids but to concert sending, sending kids is a to great camp. thing. Yeah. Well, you can tell how much we all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can just say here unless we obviously all really enjoyed our time. So, I think that probably speaks to how good it is. I even like the nature mayor badge taught you about, you know, oh, they'd show yeah. you acorns and leaves and you'd yep. learn stuff. You know, know? They, they tried to teach me about poison ivy, but I still never caught on. You know, I never could. You got that right. Virginia creeper, poison ivy, poison oak. What's what's what? I've always misjudged and always end up covered in whelps because I've you know, never gotten poison ivy. You're probably just not allergic. To I it. don't think I am. I've tried. My granddad I've could tried. roll in it, and I'm terribly. Yeah, allergic. I, I used can't. To get it bad, but I don't I get it. it. Yeah, I grew out of it a little bit, but so I don't really know how to. Identify I was on a photo shoot with Chase and got it all over my. The oil got all over my oh, fishing no. pants on an island in Elkhorn. And no, I was enjoyed. using. Yeah, I was uh, using my pants for my hips to balance myself while i was baiting catfish hooks by oh. uh, the time i got mm-hmm. home my god it looked like i'd burnt both arms on a griddle it was terrible <laughs> it was bad no. <laughs> I remember Jason, that. that's the worst poison ivy ever saw really? it, was, it was terrible <laughs> i mean I, I rubbed it in you know it's like taking poison ivy and rubbing it on it's basically what I he did. he looked like he needed uh skin grafts afterwards <laughs> i mean it was bad oh no it's terrible <laughs> and i had to go on the tug fork like two days later yeah. and do a blue water trails float with Kevin and and O.B. Williams. God, I was dying. Did you just wrap your arms up? Yeah, well, I mean, I I had I brought stuff with me that yeah. wore Ivorest. I wore a whole bottle out, and then I got the Tech New stuff with the little beads in it. Man, that is the only thing to use. Oh, I love. I've, you the know, the Tech only soap. upside to poison ivy is a good hot shower. Mm. You guys ever put? The, oh, I put my arm on it. I've never thanks. had it. Oh I my god, it itched. Oh, it feels oh, does it? delirious. Yeah. Yeah. It really it doesn't make sense why it feels so good. Like it. <laughs> If you can get, like, if you happen to go through the trouble of getting poison ivy, you just run it under some really hot water, and it's it's oh, a, it's 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 a game it's, changer. Oh yeah, it's just magical. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it doesn't it doesn't make sense why 
why it feels that way. But it that's the one and only good thing about having poison ivy. Mm. Rest of it, yeah. don't recommend it. I'm no. feeling very blessed to not have had this before. <laughs> well, you're also missing out on that one positive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'll scra- take it. That, honestly, that was itching so bad, I'd scratch and there'd be and then bleed. Bleed. Oh. It looked like I said it looked like you needed a skin graft. <laughs> All right, away from poison ivy. <laughs> and, uh, but you learn that in nature yeah, class. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, I, I just didn't. But uh, so the foundation does does those things. <clears> you know, try, finds way to uh, generate money and then uses those money to support conservation right yeah so that's in a nutshell what the foundation does and you as executive director i'm sure you're just kind of overseeing that kind of uh looking at opportunities what yeah. can we do to bring in money where is this money going to go how are we going to support conservation right? exactly yeah and you know like you said camps is a big part of it and we recently just received you know the invoice for the camp scholarships that were awarded mm-hmm. this summer and we were able to send 276, 276. children to camp this summer to all three camps so that's really cool which it, it's about a little bit over forty six thousand dollars so. no very good yeah well, that's awesome really mm, that really is awesome. great and now does that money for campers specifically come out of one project or is that kind of across the board it's kind of across the board it just really depends you know the special commission permits that we raffle off which are that bull elk the uh, deer the turkey and then the waterfowl um, a lot of that goes back to the camp because i know about the elk obviously that's a commission bull elk tag and that's one like so essentially a lot of people don't understand how the elk tags work yeah. and you know we still hear a lot of gripes from people who say it's only for the they don't understand that the tags that are drawn for for the public there are other tags for landowners who mm-hmm. put their land up for public hunting every yes. yep. 5000 acres of land gets a tag. and then the uh, 10 special commission permits that are given out to organizations yep so essentially aside from the landowner tags and aside from the tags that are available from the general draw there are those 10 commission tags that you then one of those goes to the fish and wildlife foundation (laughs) and all 10 of those tags go to conservation organizations for fundraising efforts for conservation yep and so that's how you all get the bull elk tag that's how it works yeah and uh we of course, that that happens earlier in the year, so yeah. I wasn't here for that yeah. one. I, I started in July. Yeah, you yeah. said three months ago. That Early July. July. And uh, that is when we do the trophy deer hunt raffle, which includes the special commission deer permit. Yeah, so it's a bonus buck tag. Basically. It's a bonus buck tag. Yep, that's what it is. And uh, when you enter to win these raffles, if you're drawn, the tags are non-transferable, so it is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I can't sell it to a company and then they raffle it off whoever's name is on the ticket that comes out of the that's who that's who it goes to yep and we've gone hunting with several of the winners before so you know sometimes we can't always work kentucky field uh you know of course it's up to the hunter like so you might put on there that you know kentucky field opportunity for kentucky field to film the hunt you know and it's up to the hunter if they don't want us tagging along obviously we're not gonna yeah. go tag along and there's some other things to consider there too but i have been able to go on several of those commission tag hunts uh specifically the bull elk ones and those are those are a lot of fun i haven't got to go on the deer hunt yet but it sounds like there's an opportunity coming up in december that we probably will get to go on yes as long as the winner is okay with it which i'm assuming they're going to be i've put it in the promotional material so <laughs> everyone is is aware yeah. um but you never know some people may be uncomfortable yeah that or film. you know something like we you know a little behind the scenes here we do uh 
dot our I's and cross our T's on who we go with. So, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, you never know who it's going to be. That's the yeah. fun part of the raffle is it's yeah. a surprise every single time. Yeah. But yeah, so right now, you want to get into it? Yeah, tell me, tell yeah. me what the what that drawing is. And like I said, I do have some <clears> other <throat> stuff I want to hit on, but it's good off the top. Let's go ahead and talk about what's available right now as far yeah. as the the raffles and and what's coming up with the foundation. So right now, I what is today October fifth? Yeah, sixth. Sixth. Oh, okay. You were oh, close. It's flying, it's flying by. Yeah. So a few days ago, I started the Heritage hunt for bob white quail raffle mm-hmm. so this is not I one of that, those that was, yeah. yep this is not one of those special commission permits that we were talking about earlier this is separate from it's that kind of a special access permit it is a exactly it is just a really special opportunity that not a lot of people are going to get so um, we partner with shaker village for this and mm-hmm. i mentioned them earlier so if you're not familiar with shaker village um, i definitely recommend looking them up i was unfamiliar with them when i first started build a lunch area it's amazing i was that is on my list to talk about i'll just tell you all if you get the chance to out there and eat at that restaurant it is so good it's the best fried chicken i've ever had in my entire it's life it's so cool it's just the, the yeah. atmosphere is tremendous I think tim farmer's daughter who is also a culinary chef used to yes. be the chef there at and Shaker they Village. they have this so. like i'm gonna mess this up but it's like a lemon pie and it's the, the lemon tart the lemon tart it's the original recipe from the shakers and it is and they haven't changed if it you it like is lemon, so good it, oh man i'm a lemon fan so i got it oh, i had yeah. to get it but <clears throat> definitely look shaker village up they're one of our partners so they help us with the trophy deer hunt raffle as well so the winner of that raffle gets to hunt at shaker village so they have three thousand acres of property mm-hmm. and a thousand of it is like managed preserve land for habitat Uh, management specifically and they do a lot for quail habitat Um, they're so awesome out there they Mm. invited me to come out to just have a tour of the property so I kind of knew what was going on and where they were going to be placing the hunters potentially of the raffle winners and it was cool to see kind of their work um, in person but they've uh, done a lot of work in the way of increasing songbird habitat game bird habitat we saw uh, seven turkey poults while I was out there and I, I recorded them on the uh, cool. <laughs> on the uh, what's it called? They have you re- the department. Oh, you're talking the turkey, about the brood uh, survey. Yeah, the brood yeah. survey. Oh, good. Yeah, so I, I I did get to record that, which was really cool. But um, well, the, the grounds are just so incredibly cool. Oh my cool. gosh, I I don't, and I live in Lexington, but I don't know that I've seen that much managed pollinator habitat in one concentrated area like ever. It was so crazy. So I'm looking at. Because I got an email the other day um, talking about Shaker Village and the habitat a little bit. So it looks like the department partnered with Shaker yes. Village in mm-hmm. 2009 for their habitat restoration. Yeah. And it's, uh, I guess that probably lasted about 11 or 12 years. And then we turned it over and Shaker Village managed the habitat on their own ever since that point. So, and, you know, with with their focuses in mind. But the habitat there is something that the department did have a role in. But now, yep. since then, it's been turned over and they're managing it. You know, exclusively and on there. They're reported to have one of the highest concentrations of bob white. of wild bob white mm-hmm. yeah, in I the would, state. I would say that, um, especially the. I would uh, definitely agree. One of the higher concentrations that people see. That people see, because yeah. out there in eastern Kentucky, you know, there's a yeah. lot of ground, and some yep. of that reclaimed mine area is it's really getting good. really good for quail. Yeah, it's yeah. good for quail, but I'm just not sure they're seen there as much like I they are at Shaker Village. I read something today. Uh, from last year that mentioned that uh, Cody Roden was quoted talking about that in 2021, I think. About the quail out in, east? Yeah, in west and east. Yeah, Peabody yeah. is a great area. You got yeah. It's all reclaimed areas because even far western Kentucky, people don't think about it being coal mine like they do eastern well, Kentucky. Peabody. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's massive. It's yeah. extensive. And there's, there's a lot of quail there. But quail is something that 
you know, I've, I see them sometimes when I'm rabbit hunting or when I'm dove hunting. There's a public dove field in Shelby County that has quail. Um, but it's something I've never hunted, but the bird guys are super into it. People who have pointers and, mm-hmm. and you know, any kind of dog that, or people who like to pheasant or quail or grouse hunt, you know, they just absolutely love that <laughs> stuff. So I could see this being something that anybody who would love to go on a good Kentucky quail hunt yeah. would be interested in jumping in on. Yeah, and the package, I'm glad you touched on the dogs and stuff. The package includes quite a few different things. So, yeah. um, of course, it's the opportunity to hunt quail at Shaker Village, but they've also thrown in um, a two-day guided hunt with guide and dogs. Okay. So, you, you know, know who the guide or the dogs are going to be? I'm not. I, I knew his name at one point. I know the trophy, the, the deer hunt guide, uh, and I, I think it might be the same person. Okay. I'm not sure. Give me, if it is, you know, I'm... I would. I would be curious off off air who, yeah. who that is. I'd be I, curious. I think it's in my email. Though. I'll look it up yeah. before I leave and, and so show you. you who if it is. you don't have dogs, you don't need to worry about it because you're going to get to see dogs work. You're going to see them work. And good dogs. Yeah, good dogs. Exactly. And then um, they're providing a one night overnight stay for two, so you don't have to go alone. Yeah. You get to bring a friend, a spouse, whoever, and uh, meals for two for two days. That's oh wow, and, that's killer. Uh, well, and then I also was able to get Elk Creek Hunt Club and Resort uh-huh. to also sponsor this raffle, and they gave a gift certificate get to the winner um for two rounds of 100 in a golf cart rental so you can go right. practice before you go out Heck yeah. yeah i thought it'd be cool i've done elk creek that's a Have fun you? that's a yeah, fun they're shoot. so it's nice phew. yeah they're they're great um i did try to do it with a pump i didn't have a semi-auto at the time oh, really? uh yeah i highly recommend over and under a semi-auto when you're doing sporting clays with a pump okay, it's, that's it's good just to know. really yeah. difficult just to get on them on time because by the time you get the second you know one chambered yeah. You know, you got to go bam, bam, not bam, bam. That yeah. doesn't work because the second bam, that bird's already Sorry. falling out. Yeah, it's already, it's already down, yeah. toast. So, but yeah, so. Tickets are 25 bucks. Tickets are, I, I'll just pull up a flyer here. KentuckyWildlife.com. Yep, KentuckyWildlife.com. Kentucky and Wildlife spelled out. Yeah, Kentucky um, Wildlife. Tickets are $25, and uh, they'll be on sale until October 28th. Um, at 11.59 p.m. And um, if you are not a part of our email subscription list, we now have a place on the website for you to go and join our email blast list so you can get, you know, first look access to all of the events that we'll be doing. And it looks like this drawing will probably happen just like the other ones have in the past where you have a big, one of those, what are those things? Like the ticket tumbler. Wheel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a like tumbler. Something you'd see at a, you know. On the lottery, lotto show or same, something. Yeah. Same or like technology a, that's been in use since medieval times. No yeah. doubt. Random yeah. drawings. It's just a big tumbler with a wheel, and they open the little door, and they reach in, yep. and they pull a oh. name out. Pull a name out, and that's the winner. And that'll and be live on Facebook on November the 2nd. Yep, November the 2nd. The live drawing will be held at the Slato Center. Uh, I think we're going to do it at their quail exhibit. I just thought that would be yeah, cute. Good. You might be able to hear them uh, mm-hmm. calling in the background, and uh, you do not have to be present to win. And then I'll post the video of the drawing on Facebook shortly thereafter. Cool. Cool. No, that makes perfect sense. Reach Mm -hmm. out to the winner. And once again, like we talked about what the foundation does and the the money generated from these ticket sales, you know, for the opportunity here are going to go straight towards conservation. So it's a chance for somebody to win a a really cool hunt in a cool area that they wouldn't get the opportunity to hunt otherwise. And if they don't have their own dogs, then they can get to go on a good quail hunt and watch good dogs work and and be out there with somebody who really I've hunted quail without dogs before. Because we'd rotate and use sticks, and a person would become the dog for one, and then the other people would shoot. And oh. Did you point? You, well, just, I would just throw a stick in there and say, you know, and get close, and they'd flush. And yeah. like, please don't shoot me. And yeah. we, you know, th- we knew a draw that in, in Madison County that always had them. Yeah. So we just, you know, get your guns ready, and then we go shake them, and then 
you know, I mean, we wouldn't waylay them, but we'd kill enough to make a meal. That's nice. I never have had quail. So oh, at some point, I'll delicious. check that off my list. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually seen a You've wild You've got to get on them so quick because they go. <laughs> yeah, you would know because you're a birder. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I would hear them from a mile away for sure. Yeah. I used to have them in my driveway. They'd be down there. I live near the Harley Thompson Duffield in Shelby County. When you've seen quail there. Before. Oh, yeah. And I would have them getting, like, grit in my driveway. I don't know if they were getting grit or not, but they would always be in my driveway. And that's where I saw the most of them is out there. Oh, that's cool. You'll see them on, if you go out on an elk hunt or something sometime, you'll flush a quick a cub uh, okay. there. Sierra went on an elk hunt here. I saw that, week. yeah. She, they flushed a cubby. Did they? When they were out. And she that's said so we cool. weren't, like, you know, humping the bush. We flushed a cubby of quail. I was yeah. Like, well, that's cool. Yeah. It's cool what you see out there on the elk hunt. Is elk, yeah, obviously the elk drawing is already done for the year. They've probably already gone hunting because that's usually a week one bull firearm type deal. Yeah, I actually, I do need to check in with our hunter and just see and make sure that, because that, like, as soon as I came on, I had, I don't know, like three business days to get the trophy deer hunt raffle up and running. So I feel like I've been behind since I started and I'm finally catching up (laughs) with everything and learning what I need to learn in order to do this job effectively, so... Oh, that makes perfect sense. Are there any uh, other? Are we? Did, we didn't have a sampler last year, did we? No, no. and um, yeah. I, hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. it'll be coming back in twenty twenty. I know we, we kind of got a uh, you COVID kind of put the yeah. down, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And um, where twenty twenty two was like so up in the air with, I mean, nobody really knew what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, twenty twenty, it just shut down. Twenty twenty one, we knew we, we were knew. shut down. 2022 is like what can we're we do? not sure <laughs> yeah. yeah so um it didn't happen this year and, and if it did it would have happened before i yeah. came on and uh so we're, we're hoping to bring it back next year oh that'd be great i love yeah. the sampler it, it's one of my favorite events of the year i've worked it mm-hmm. and attended it don't ask me to work it and it's yeah. so fun oh you're <laughs> yeah. you're working it <laughs> they let me do a uh one time when rachel was still rachel croon was Kroon. still with yeah. the foundation uh they let me work it via doing a social media takeover of their instagram account so I got to log in on there, and I just got to post all this stuff. <laughs> Did they get more and more so, interesting? Yeah, I, mean? I was about to say, so you participated <laughs> yeah. in, at the sampler while also doing social So media. I will do that. If yeah. you need me to work, that's the job okay. for me. all right. Mm-hmm. I Otherwise, got you. I might yeah. break rules. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really excited for that to come back in the future. That's a well, big it's one. It's incredibly popular. A, People love it. It is, yeah. And the thing that blows my mind from that event was that last – they always raffle off a bottle of uh, Pappy Van Winkle Pappy, there. yeah. And then I was out there and I just, because I never have had any interest in buying a, a b- bottle of Pappy. I, I'm not a bourbon guy. And even if I was, I don't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I did watch the raffle one time and to watch a bottle of bourbon go for $3,200. And I guess Oh, the live a, auction? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, when I, when I announced on social media that I got this job, I posted it on like my Instagram. People or something. message you on it, dude. Scott Croom, if you're listening to this, dude, you cracked me up. He immediate. My post was up for like two minutes, and I hear this ding, and I look at my Instagram direct messages, and it's Scott, and he yeah. says, "Please tell me you're bringing back the sampler." Like, no, no. Hey, congrats. Scott's love. <laughs> I know it. He was like, I knew you were getting this job, so bring back the sampler. If you do anything, do that for me, please. So yeah, Scott, Scott's a sampler kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's everybody loved it. I know. You know? I yeah. saw where he, uh, I, I kind of stole an idea from him the other day. He took a, oh, I can't remember if it was a buck or a doe, but either oh, way. Oh, the one that he filmed as he was field dressing? Yes. Yes, that was cool. It was a cool video. Scott that was Kroom, really cool. Scott Kroom, uh, who's Rachel Kroom's husband, R3 branch manager. We, yep. But ultimately, Scott uh, did a time-lapse video of him completely 
quartering and and packing a, a deer out you know from start to finish and that yeah. was a cool video but i watched that and so the next deer i took after that which happened to be a good buck i said i'm gonna do exactly what scott did and i'm gonna practice because i'm thinking for public land hunting in the future because i got my buck early enough this year where i'm going to be headed to fort knox or indiana <coughs> to continue buck hunting yeah and then I'm also 100% taking advantage of uh, bear archery season, which is October 22nd. So, um, are you going to your usual spot? We'll see. I've only been to the usual spot one time now, so yeah. it's not really a usual spot. I've done a lot more hunting around. Uh, you know, I've, I've hunted Pine Mountain. It's and, on the outskirts of Louisville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's wondering what this spot is. Have you gone bear hunting before? Or this year? I think I've, I think this will be my 10th year. Your 10th year? Okay. It started in 2010 was the first bear season and I've gone. Have you harvested? No. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I would have seen that on your Instagram. No, you would have, yeah. You, yeah. I went to the first bear hunt and no one harvested bear. No one? Okay. Yeah, well, that things have changed a lot in yeah. 10 years or 12 years because like I said, first bear season was, I believe, 2010. Is that right, Lee? Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I don't think we made it the first year, but I think the second year I went. There was a bad snowstorm that first year. With a group of guys. And and the weather's always completely variable. But I think there was one year I missed because of work. But other than that, I think I've been to 10. I'm going to go back through my, my profile and look at my license history. But um, <clears throat> 10 years of going bear hunting, it's more of like a family and friends tradition. Like, hey, let's all pack up and go to eastern Kentucky and spend some time in the mountains. And it's fun, <laughs> but I do really want to be successful. So this year I'll be going solo on the archery hunt. Nobody else is going to go with me. And I need to know if I can get a bear out of them. I mean, it might be four miles, five miles, and that's just not worst-case scenario. It might be four or five miles to anywhere I can get a vehicle. So, you know, realistically, people think about a bear, they think they're huge. Realistically, they aren't. You know, it's about the same size as a whitetail. So if I can pack a whitetail out and, you know, quartered and I wanted to practice with my pack. And so that's why I did the deer the way I did is I just wanted to pack it out and pack it up and, and make sure I was comfortable doing that. Cause hunting where we hunt around here in the bluegrass, you know, it's not too hard to get a truck or a four wheeler within a hundred yards, but down there, it's a completely different ball game. So I, when I worked at Salado, I had to tell everyone so many times that the bears in Kentucky are not the size of the bear that lives at Salado. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of a... People would get so concerned. Like, is this what is this what would walk up to my home? Like, Man, no. Uh, no, ma'am. Is this what would get <laughs> me at the gorge? Getting, yeah. yeah, is this what's getting in my trash? And I it's like, no. It's, it's more <laughs> yeah, like the bear that stands over the donation barrel yeah. at Salado, the one that you see right when you walk in. Yeah, the bears are in Kentucky. I mean, I would have to ask John Hast. We should have Hast on again. Before yeah. archery bear season, yeah, we need I'm to have Hast on so I, I can pick his brain. Because... I'll get I'll get back to my game plan. And there's a lot time. of new bear eggs, and we John can help us explain yeah. it because yeah. it's there's a lot of new there stuff. Are. But bears in Kentucky, I mean, I would say your average bear is going to be 150 to 250 pounds. You know, about the same as a whitetail. They just they're just dense. But the bear at Salado mm-hmm. is a whopping what 600. Yeah, he he fluctuates between like 600 and 650, maybe well, even a little bit more. He's probably the only bear in the depending. <laughs> yeah, but it has basically a pizza buffet. Every he's day. <laughs> he's so he's so spoiled and he, he cracks me up. Like I don't I don't even know. He's he just sits there and waits for animal care to give him an enrichment nowadays. Well, the enrichments like they they do things to exercise him, right? Yeah. So like they'll before they you know before they let him out before they softly gently wake him up in the morning <laughs> and, and you know get him out and about moving. They uh, they'll go out there and they'll like hide an apple and a log yep. and then they'll mm-hmm. put a little honey on stuff. 
and those makes him walk around yeah. the exhibit and um but yeah he's he's funny i think he's what is is it 2022 so i think he's 21 this yeah. year oh wow um, is that the original it's the, yeah that's the og bear that's him back there <laughs> when he was a cub Dave went back to take pictures. He came back and he looked like death. He was bleeding, sweating. That's yep. territory muff. Oh my God. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Back when he then, was a little cub, Dave got in there with him. He came back. I was like, my God, he looked like he'd been drugged behind a truck through a pork bed, a field full of porcupines. Dave oh. got attacked by a bear. <laughs> he got torn <laughs> up. No he, he was pouring sweat, bleeding. He was oh, small God. then, too. <laughs> I'm sorry I laughed my head off. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, that God. was early 2000s. Things yeah, were different. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was about was, to say, things were way different. That's when we first then. got the bear. Yeah, and, and <laughs> now there's definitely none of that that happens, and it hasn't, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> it's like a I just think now. it's funny that that big bear back there, it's like he wakes up and his first job of the day is to follow where they hide the honey. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, where did where did Corey or Elena hide my food today? I gotta yeah. go. I gotta go figure it gotta out. Walk twenty steps this morning to get my meal. So, mm-hmm. no, but he's a, he's a cool bear. I like how he just kind of looks at me, you know. And he's like, oh god, you again? Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to going down there and, and archery hunting uh, black bear. I did see a black bear last year while scouting. I've seen a couple in Kentucky now, um, but. The one I saw on the piece of property I was looking to hunt the week before season, it was um, cool last year. The problem with December is the weather. Uh, you know, bears, if it's cold out, they're probably not going to be out and about moving. Mm-hmm. So the week yeah. bef- the week before season last year was 50s and 60s, and I saw bear. Next weekend when season opened up, it was in the 30s and 40s, and I did not see bear. But that's the good thing about the October archery season, if you ask me, is that there's going to be bears. You know, they're going to be out and about moving around. So I think you should almost double your chances of seeing bears by going in October, if not for the, the leaf cover and the foliage, just because there should be twice as many bears out and about. So I'm I'm hopeful. Probably won't have any luck, but I'm at least going to go try. Have you eaten bear before? I haven't, but I'd love to. You haven't? We I tried um, a woman named Aileen Abel. She made... I'm, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Mike Abel's wife. Mm -hmm. So they helped a lot with our three programs that I did when I was over there. And she made, I think it was bear and elk meatballs. Mm -hmm. And they were really good. I can see that. They were really good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what everyone said. They were like, the elk is going to help. But I thought they, I thought they were delicious. Honestly. I've heard mixed reviews on bear meat. And you know, I think the bear meat has a lot to do with the bear's diet. Like I hear about a blueberry black bear Mm -hmm. is just being wonderful. But, um, I don't know. I I think you gotta gotta cook bear to that magic one sixty five number because of trigonosis. Yep. Well, a lot of the pioneer accounts would say that bear meat made me sick, yeah. or bear uh, bone marrow especially made me. I'm never eating bear meat again. It's trigonosis, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably just didn't cook it long enough over a fire and got sick. Yeah, you got it. That's the thing. Like with deer, you know, they are herbivores, so you can cook them to a nice one thirty five and have a nice tasty piece of meat. But bear, because they're scavengers like coyotes yep. and bobcats. They can have trichinosis, which is a disease. I don't know much about it. I just know they can get trichinosis because they're scavengers. And mm-hmm. That's a solid 165, 170 you want to cook it to, which with game meat and it's yeah, so with, with Yeah, with hogs, you can get trichinosis as well if you don't cook your pork yeah. correctly. I know roommate one time yeah. he cooked pork chops, and he's like, well, I like my meat rare. I was like, well, you don't cook no, pork rare. No. You're going to get sick as a dog, John. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm really like. He was cooking rare pork chops. Hyper aware of the temperature of meat. Even, I mean, chicken, I'll have to burn it before I can eat it. Because yeah. I bit into raw chicken one time when I was no, a I don't kid. Like, yeah. And that was enough for me to just really hone in on. I'll tell you what you need to look into. The thing that has helped me out the most with cooking meat 
is just a internal probe thermometer with one of the wires on it. So mm -hmm. I can throw, I can stick it in the meat and put it in the grill and have like a digital reading and tell you what the internal temperature. Yeah. That way you can pull it off at the exact right moment. You know, and check it as soon as it like it has a beeper, so I can preset it one sixty five, and then I can be in another room, and then I hear that beeper. That means the internal temps one sixty five times bullet. So that and I, for some reason Kroger has them on sale for twelve ninety nine right now. They're normally like forty bucks, and that's been the best purchase I've had as far as being able to cook meat well. Can you put them on like your charcoal grill? Yeah, you put it on it, and it's you know it's like a metal woven wire that goes. To and the then probe. it goes outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and it's magnetic, so you can stick it on the outside of your grill or something. But I, I use it all the time, every time I cook meat, because I just can't eyeball it that well, you know. <clears throat> I'll undercook or burn it every time. So that, that's a that's been a big help. We once again got way off topic. <laughs> that's all right. Where did we start? <laughs> oh, no. Well, and you know, we were kind of weaving in and out. We started with the, the foundation and what the foundation does, how they do it. Bear meat. <laughs> some of the opportunities <laughs> coming up. Camp. Mm -hmm. Camp. Oh, then we started talking about. Scott Croom, because you were oh, talking about how, how he messaged me. Yeah, and then we started talking yes, about quartering, yes, yes, yes. quartering an animal and packing it, and then that led to bear hunting. So yeah. that's where the conversation's gone so far. <laughs> that's all right. We're going to draw a flow chart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you seen that yeah, meme so. of it? I think it's Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's Is like it he when he's got the wires? He's got the, the wires on the whiteboard, and he hasn't slept in like days. Yeah. Well, I'm trying that's to remember. What, what episode was that? I remember that episode. No, it's probably nothing appropriate anyway. No, I was about to say, I don't even know if we could say that. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No, not that. The episode content is Yeah, not I'm not sure what he's after in that one. I can't remember what that what he's trying to figure out, but I remember he's sitting there, he's like, he seems like the, you know, he's just going crazy. Anybody who's seen it knows what it is. Everybody's seen that meme. But So I was talking about a couple things that are coming up or that have happened that I was wanting to hit on today. One of them was the whole kill the buck thing, which I kind of hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, by saying that I quartered it. It was a good one. It was a good deer. Um, it was the second biggest deer I had on trail camera. The uh, number one biggest. It disappeared a few weeks before. So, And uh, that night, it kind of worked out like it always does. I've never killed a deer in September before, first of all, buck. But I had been hunting really hard. I probably hunted 20 of the first 26 days of season. And uh, hadn't been seeing a whole lot of luck. Hadn't been seeing a whole lot of big buck action. But every time I went hunting, I was getting to watch you know, little buck spar and make scrapes and, uh, you know, it was just beautiful scenery. So that day I got off work and uh, w I was like, instead of hunting, I'm just going to take pictures because I can take good pictures right now. I'm not having any luck with the bucks. So I went over to my uncle's house and I borrowed a 600 millimeter camera lens and uh, some other equipment from him. I said, I'm just going to go take pictures today. And I climbed up in the stand at 530 with an hour and a half left of, of daylight or two hours left of daylight. And I took my bow with me, but I really didn't think I had any chance of having luck. <clears throat> then right at sunset, you know, about half an hour left in the night, 800 yards away, almost half a mile, that buck walked out into the field. And he just started slowly coming my way. And then I was just taking pictures and taking pictures. And then at some point, I quit taking pictures, and I realized he was only 70 yards away now. So I just put the camera down and picked my bow up, and I just got real lucky. Now, it seems like it's more likely to happen when you don't expect it. Yes. This time of year. I feel like I'm always... Sometime. You're lucky the camera curse didn't get you. Oh, the camera curse? Well, nobody videoed this one, so no. it's a video camera that gets you there. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm in the stand, uh, over the years, I've come to really think that when you're not looking for them, they're more likely to show up because it's almost like a sixth sense they have. Oh, something feels off here. I'm not going to go in. Um, so there have been times in the deer stand where I've gotten on my phone on purpose to quit paying attention. 
thinking that it might help the hunting. It's just kind of like a superstitious <laughs> thing. Like I'm paying way too much attention right now. I've got to tune out for a minute so some deer will come in here. And that's just one of the, probably the most backwards ways of thinking that, uh, uh, you know, you can possibly do about hunting, but I swear there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Aside well, from my... The camera curse extends to still cameras, too. Still cameras. Oh, I... You know, don't have a camera with me. You'll catch the biggest smallmouth you've caught in three years. But yeah. you're like, oh, I want to get a great picture of some string smallmouth. You, you'll catch about 11 inch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so youth season is this weekend. I did want to touch on youth season. Because there's a couple, there's like one or two things that people get confused about. Let me look at the calendar real quick. Is it still worded? I was actually about to pull that up. What is this? What is it worded Burr. now? So. All right. That picture. It says youth firearm season for deer. Yeah. On the calendar, rightly? Yes. It used to say youth only deer season. Mm -hmm. And that confused people because they thought that only youth could yes. hunt on that weekend. But now it clearly says um, youth firearm season for deer. So people used to ask, well, can I hunt during deer season, during youth season if I'm an adult? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd say, yeah, you got to wear your hunter's orange, though. And that's, so that's one of the things people miss is even if you're not a youth, if you're out there bow hunting this mm -hmm. weekend, you still got to have your hunter's orange on. Yes. And the number one question that comes in from people about youth season is how to tell a check an animal. Because a youth under the age of 12 does not have to have a hunting license or a deer permit, right? Mm. So the people think, well, if they don't have to have a hunting license or a deer permit, then I'll just tell a check it on my social. Like the parents think that they need to use their information or that it doesn't need to be checked in at all. <clears throat> but that's not the case. So if a youth under the age of 12 gets a deer, they need to telecheck it and you use their social security number and it goes into the system as that youth. So that's just a point of clarification. I talked to Megan Bagby over there at the info center. They take all the phone calls and hear what people are asking. And that's one point of confusion is how do I telecheck a deer if I'm a youth hunter yeah. or if I take a youth hunter? And that's it. You just use the youth's social security number. Hmm. Yep. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah that is. I, mean, I could see that, that is confusing. Be confusing. Yeah. yeah. If they don't have to have a license, and yeah. it's like, well, they're not in your system, so I can't use their. But I think our system's smart enough to realize that you know it needs to be someone under twelve who telechecks that deer. So, you know, theirs. Rachel, one thing I wanted to bring up that comes from Rick's show. I know we do these fundraisers, but there's other things that people can purchase from. Yeah. From, to like, I was going to talk about that too. Y'all are reading my mind. Yes, yes. Some of the Rick's prints, and Rick's. also the those those cards. Yeah. I, I'd use those as Christmas cards for, and I got more compliments on of the. I actually don't have those on the website, um, but yeah. So uh, Rick Hills, what is it? How many how many of his works were featured? Was it thirty five? No, it's more no than at, at the show. Was it fifty three? It was fifty three. Fifty three. Yeah, yeah, had it backwards. So fifty three of. Uh, Artist Rick Hill's works are featured at the downtown branch of the of Lexington, the Public, Lexington Library. Public Library until mid-November. Yes. And um, so if you're in that area, definitely go and check them out. Um, but we set up there on the first day on the mm -hmm. grand opening. And um, I had his greeting cards for sale and some of his prints that were featured um, in the art show. And, uh, man, those greeting cards went like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Those are cool. They're, They're so awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't actually have those on the website right now because we are running low because of that. I don't have very many packs left. But um, Before Christmas, you got to get some more. I know. I, I probably do. Especially some of like, the Rick and I They're talked. great for Christmas cards. Yeah. I got more compliments on those. He, the rabbit and the log with the hunter walking by. That's, yeah. a, that's a good one. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I think the fox is probably my favorite of the of the five yeah, that, yeah that one's or four I can't remember how many there are but um you can also get on our website and get uh fish wildlife foundation merch 
Mm-hmm. And I know that when I worked for the department, one of the main questions I always got was, can I buy something with the badge on it? With the logo? With Yeah, with the department's logo on it. And, you know, you all don't. Do you all sell it now? Yeah, some of these hats have been made for sale. but they, Oh, they say proud supporter, see, though. Yeah, say okay, proud yeah, supporter. so that's a little bit different. But yeah. people love the department's uniform T-shirts, which mm-hmm. is hilarious to me. Yeah, is that the foundation shirt this you're about to pull up? Shirt. Yeah, so the foundation actually has merch. I a, like the logo, too. That yeah, I do. I so love we that. just yeah. rebranded last year. Where you get those stickers? And, um, that's oh, on I your analogy. I should have brought y'all some. There, Chase has one right there. You don't there. have any of our, you don't get any stickers for me? You have one right there. Okay, well... <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, I do have one over there. Um, but you can get stickers, you can get sweatshirts, crew neck sweatshirts, t-shirts, and um, a hat. I love our hats. Have you seen them? No. The green? No, I've got a blue hat. Yes, I do. With It, it looks like with the old logo. Probably. With the old logo. So this, all of this stuff has the new logo on it with I our new like branding. This. I do like this logo. Here. Yeah, I actually really, really like That's it. That's the new one that ha- the hat has that one on? Yep, it has this one on it. And then the t-shirt and the sweatshirts also I love it. mine foundation i wear it i've worn it on a lot of photo shoots your shirt tv shoots. no the, the hat oh the hat i need to get you a new one yeah, with yeah. The old logo. i'm gonna put this on my coffee mug when i when we get done with the yeah. podcast i forgot i had this over there rachel thanks hey, for yeah, bring, no problem. next time you bring me one i'll I, put it on I my Nalgene bottle i should have brought them that was silly of me i just assumed everyone had them already these are on the website yeah i, yeah. I can't remember who brought me these it's it, probably it may have been isabella well considering mm-hmm. i also have this here yeah, that, <laughs> Rachel Croom. Oh, uh, I've got that. I've got Rachel. thirty feet ahead. I've got the Chase and I are uh, official L and Lee are official thirty feet ahead brand ambassadors for mm-hmm. Sookie Sookie. I've got I've got the big Sookie like that, but the big that, one that's reflective. It's that's, in my car. I that's on my on um, my metal floating uh, water it, bottle. That's, that's forty ounces. I take on. Yeah, I'm not sure if people even know what we're talking. Sookie's Rachel Croom's deer dog. Yes, mm-hmm. she's a uh, wire, wire hair Johnson. Yeah. Yep. She's a cool dog. She found my deer for me in 2019. Oh, I love Suki. She's my, she comes in and visits me. She's a little wiggler. And I she'll know. smell your whole office. She's so great. She's looking for a deer in there. Lately. I know. Yeah. I was like, well, there's, we have. She wants to work. Well, we have mice in the building, as you know. We always have. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel bad for oh, those yeah. mice with Suki around. Yeah, no. I was like, Suki, get the mouse. <laughs> She'd get it. You know how uh, Dodsons are kind of like aggressive? Like, they've always been aggressive towards me, little ankle biters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to, um, Scott Graham, after they got Sookie in, and he said, man, if that dog was 50 pounds, he'd kill every one of us. Yeah, blood so thirsty. Aggressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're just, it's their prey drive. That's why they're so yeah. mean, and they just have the high, and that's why people They're bred use them. for a purpose, mm-hmm. though. They're yeah. working sweet. People yeah. don't realize that those little, th- those little wiener dogs everybody has in their house, those are working dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to be out there working, and everybody just treats them like they're toys, but really, those are hardcore. They've got a job, they and they're going to they do. do it. And I guess the, those, the ones people keep in their house probably just think their jobs to guard that house so that's why they're so <laughs> but they're 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 cool dogs i have more respect for them now than i used to now that i kind of know that you stuff, know one yeah yeah because mm-hmm. i used to just think they were those little dogs that bit me and barked a lot mm-hmm. and now i realize that they're just cooped up that's yeah, it's why dogs and trauma yeah, you had to work through yeah, well, a lot of people fans. get working breeds and then don't do and anything they don't do anything with. man when i was in college at uk i can't tell you how many people i knew at the time were getting australian shepherds yeah and German Britney's. shepherds. Well, those are cute dogs. And yeah, they're yes, they're cute and adorable, yeah. but they have a job to do. Australian they, shepherds, especially they, my my nephew has one. Then they she's Irving. She's sweet, class. but she's always um, oh, ready to go. Ready to go, and then they come to class and be like, "My dog ate through my wall." Like, it's, yeah, probably cooped up. You're in an 800 square foot apartment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the one thing about the Dotsons, though, it the the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about them wasn't the dog itself; it was the owners. 
because the these dogs would run up and just start gnawing at me, just bite, bite, bite. And the owners would be like, oh, he's yeah. fine. Any other dog on earth did he's that, friendly. it'd be, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be a big deal. But oh, because yeah. it's this dog's just gnawing off my ankle. But if, you know, Pitbull's got a bad name. but That's why I have a mutt, man. I spent the weekend with a beautiful golden retriever, 10 months old. His name's Gunner. Exquisitely bred. And all he did, I couldn't fish because he thought my Ned rig was a stick. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and we had lines out for stripers. And we had live bait out. He'd go by like, Gunner, Gunner, no, that is not a toy line. You know, and I'd have to reel up and hold it up. And oh pray to God gosh. he didn't try to. And he ate a That's shiner. So <laughs> right? Oh, Joe, he did? Joe threw a dead shiner out there. Here goes Gunner. Shh, goes out, gets a shiner, brings it back. And I try to get it out of his mouth. And he... Boom. Oh my gosh! Didn't should, make him sick. You should describe that shirt. Uh, you were talking about how you love that golden retriever mm-hmm. the other day. It looks like you're in love with labs, right? Yeah. Now. Well, this yeah. is my lab shirt. It's, I've had this. <laughs> this is my lab shirt. I've had this one for. I mean, it's getting threadbare. I've had it so long. I bought it at Elder Beerman a long time ago. You that and Elder the, Beerman. And the I got that. I didn't even know they were still open until no, you said that yesterday. Well, they aren't. See, oh, they, 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 they oh they're not. Okay, that's, that's how long he said it. That's how long you've had it. Now. And and the. Uh, well, I got this one. This one's probably 15, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I got a deer one like this. You're wearing and, vintage clothing. And then I uh, got the, the, the one I the, you liked yesterday was, uh, that was wood well, ducks. Well, those ducks, yes. Yeah. I, would, I, would, yes. I would wear that shirt, Lee. Yeah. I would wear one, a shirt that just was I covered would, in dogs. I would <laughs> pay cool. you for well, your duck shirt. Um, the, I'll pay you for it. I, you know, actually, I think I got that at Sportsman's Warehouse. Did now you? that I think about it, I think I got it there on, on clearance. I'm going to find some new cool yeah. shirts like that. But I, I love this one. But Speaking of ducks, did you guys see the that, 2023 that federal duck stamp winner? I did not. Mm-hmm. You didn't? Uh, I think it was one of the brothers. So there's three brothers that, that, always, compete. that always compete. Did they, we do a podcast about that? No. I'm thinking what I watched. I watched the John Oliver special on yeah, the duck stamp. Yes. Uh, if the if a podcast listener has, has heard about the duck stamp, not too super aware of how it works, oh, should watch that John Oliver. I got it is so into of, it. It is kind of uh, obscene, like what's explicit. Because it's John Oliver, so it's not mm-hmm. something for everybody. But you know, he does a really good breakdown in a really fun way about how the duck stamp process works and mm-hmm. how big of a deal it really is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so. And All I people are ate up with it. I got into it because of TikTok. I got on Duck TikTok, duck which TikTok. you know is good. At That's least. what TikTok was made for, right there. It was the federal duck stamp competition, and it created <laughs> so much awareness, though. Like yeah. so many people That's don't great. understand how. Well, there's the duck a lot of people out of duck stamp who never intend to waterfowl hunt. Yeah, that just because they want to do. The I right buy thing? them, and I don't waterfowl hunt. I like them just for like collectors' items. Um, you know what? You start buying. Mine. For me. And, I'll give <laughs> and you then the you just give it back to me <laughs> yeah, when you're done. Year, yeah, you can buy my Okay, ducks yeah, that's one. fine because I I love them. I actually bought a print of one of the duck stamp entries for this year that did not win because mm. I loved it so much. Yeah. But like they select certain species that you can submit for the competition, mm-hmm. and uh, then the, we the have judges. a junior duck stamp too. Yes. Yeah. And then does Kentucky do their own? Yes. State competition. And we had it on the waterfowl guide for a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the future of that is. But. I'm not in any way, shape, or form artistic at all. But if Rick and Rick's helped I wish. judge it before. Has he really? Mm-hmm. We would go Man. down and I'd take pictures and he would help judge. Uh, youngest so cool. winner in history at age 25. In Kentucky? No, this is for the federal... Joseph Hopman yeah. won first place this year. A, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. in 1990 at age 25. Yeah, so this is what won this year. I think oh, wow. it's a tundra. Tundra swans. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. I watched the the live 
competition of this of them judging the stamps the other day it was like on saturday morning at 10 a.m and i got up at 9 30 c-span type deal what are we watching no on? it was streamed on youtube okay so i just got on and was like it's duck stamp time and like all my friends were like what what are you doing mm -hmm. what are you you're watching a silent competition absolutely so I what are, what are the rules for the duck stamp because there's certain things that have to be included there has to be a piece of hunting equipment Included in the duck stamp, right? At the federal level? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So here's who's here's the sure, first, sure second, and third place for this year. Um, so. Oh, so what am I looking at here? You might be looking at the state level. Oh, I'm looking at last year's 20. No. No, this is this is U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, duck stamp 2022, 2023. 25, but I don't. So that was for this. The one that I'm showing you right now is 23 through 24. So they kind of okay. go with like so a, it's year a year ahead. in advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that they had to have, there were certain, th I thought a piece of hunting equipment had to be included, but now that I think back, I think that was a requirement that was going away. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to say, not anymore. They don't do that. But So in this one, there's a boat in the background with people. Um, mm. And they used the shadowing. Mm. They did 2023 20, duck stamp repetitively for the shadowing on the duck. Oh, that's cool. And I think it's cool too. Uh, that's a nice one. Let me see. And this one from last year. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh, no. I lost my computer screen. <laughs> I saw oh, it for no. a second. Yeah, was, that's all you needed. It was good. Yeah. Um, but so the duck stamp. I don't, how do we get here? Because we were talking about Lee's duck shirt. I've got a, uh, this, uh, this tangent was my I've fault. I've got to continue my <laughs> <laughs> I take responsibility for this one. Sorry, I'll stop with my duck stuff. Oh, you're good. Oh, we're good on that. Duck season is uh Did you see Kayla's shirt the other day that had a big deer on it? It's a trophy husband. Did you Kayla's? see that? Yeah. No, she cracked me big, up, though. got a big buck on it. Because she wore a shirt that said something about felines, and it had, like, cats all over it. And I, she said, I, it said, I have felines for you. So, like, instead of feelings. And I was like, huh, that's funny. When we went to stock trout at mm -hmm. the gorge. Oh, yeah. And uh, she was like, yeah, at Bo, I wore this shirt, and then did like a midday change or the next day she wore an iron maiden shirt iron and she maiden. said that everyone was cracking up because it was this bright pink kittens and then iron maiden the next day was it iron maiden was that uh um dio was he no, with, ronnie james dio yeah was he with iron maiden um I, maybe you know he had a solo career mm -hmm. with holy diver and some of those other yes ones, but I can't. I think Iron Maiden might have been. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's not for the podcast, though. So, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> a lot of this hasn't been. Uh, let, okay. let, let me look at my very short list anyway. of things I wanted to hit on today. Yes. Well, do, so they can go buy those prints and stuff at so the website. The correct? prints are not on sale on the website. So the prints generally are used. But they have, in the there's raffles. merchandise you can buy. On the there website. is merchandise you can buy on the website, and it depends on what you want. Um, as far as the cost goes, and they're all, you know, donations. I'm trying to get to the page right now. So uh, you'll go to the website, and you'll click the donate button. and then Donation with merchandise. Donation yeah. with merchandise, and it's got a picture of um, the merchandise on it. So you can do... Yeah, that hat rocks. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So you can get the hat, the T-shirt, and the sweatshirt, and a sticker for a $100 donation. And then you can get the sweatshirt, the hat, or the T-shirt with a $30 donation. And when you go on there, you'll put in your size, and, and then I just ship it to you, and that's all. It's easy, done. I usually get them out the same day, too. So We need to get Rick to enter the duck stamp drawing. Just, I wish he would. He won't. Just one time. I mean, this is really good. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. That's really good. Yeah. But, uh, Susie and Drake read it. It's his, it's his same mediums, isn't it, that he mm -hmm. works with? Yeah. I and think. some of them, they a lot of them are 
uh, incredibly realistic in realism, but some of them will go a different direction as far as like impressionism and stuff like that goes. So it's interesting to see. The lighting on this one is just beautiful on the feathers, how it looks like the sun's in. Like Mm -hmm. you can, I can see where the sun is. That's one thing about Rick's paintings is his always so aware of the light. That's what I was telling him at the art show was the, the lighting on his paintings is his incredible. elk one is just the elk oh my gosh that might be his best ever. did you ever see the john oliver winsley no I, I love him no i just i wish he came on earlier because this is one of them that they submitted <laughs> <laughs> and it's based off the oh duck hunter gosh. the That's duck funny. hunter video game so it's mm. got the dog back there holding up the duck and then um oh where i'll have to watch that oh you you should watch it some of these were were good here's one of the the, the duck has the gun <gasps> And that one I thought was pretty good. <laughs> so these are all, if you just Google oh, search no. John Oliver duck stamp prints, yeah. these were his submissions for the 2020 The lady with the pearl stamp. earring. Yeah. That's funny. And then there's the one that actually won that yes, year. That's a yeah. great one. <laughs> so these yeah. three were up in competition again. <laughs> <laughs> but they showed, like Rachel said, she watched the live voting the other day. Because it is a panel of people and they show the- five and they- Show it up on the big screen, and everybody looks at it, and they kind of give a yay or nay. The first round, they give yeses or noes, and I think it's the top so many go on to the second round, and that's when they give them the one through five rating. So they streamed. uh, When his prints came up, John Oliver's the ones he had commissioned for the duck stamp. They, you know, watched the voting. And every, everybody was like, no, no, no. Everybody just gave him nose right across the board. His reaction was funny. So you should you should watch yeah, it. Yeah, I wonder if that's, I get on demand. Yeah, we on have YouTube. HBO. Yeah, you can watch yeah, it on YouTube. Get on YouTube and look at it, yeah. There'll, there'll be a clip It'll up there. It'll all be on there for sure. So the merch is available on the website, and it's KentuckyWildlife.com. Yes. Yep. That's a good yeah, That's a good domain name. It actually just locked in a good one. It, it is great, and I love it, but I do think there's a lot of confusion around it because if you go to Google and you type in Kentucky Wildlife trying to get to the department, yeah. guess who comes up? Do you have Me. A, yeah. So, and the good thing, though, is that I have so much experience from working at the department for, what, four years? Yeah. But I'm able to answer a lot of the questions, yeah, and it good. saves the info center a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, well, there's I appreciate that. absolutely yeah. nothing that can be done about that, though, because of the .gov and .com. But that's a, I like that, that domain name. That's got to be one that's worth, worth something, you know? Yeah, I think I actually just re-upped it yeah, just good. recently, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we talked about the foundation, some of the how money is raised and what it's used for. Um, in a nutshell and gave you know an example of some of the ways that money are raised and one of those that's open right now is the the shaker village quail hunt yep do you guys know i'm getting ready to go down that rabbit hole again let me just continue my recap then i'll ask my question (laughs) and then talked about deer hunting a little bit the things to know about youth season the most commonly asked questions tell check it using the youth social security number adults can hunt they just got to use archery or crossbow equipment and they need to wear hunter orange um, during youth weekend and then what else do we we talked about bear season for a while went way off the rails there hmm. um quail hunt drawing get on kentuckywildlife.com and then okay what i was getting ready to ask you lee is uh do you know why it's called shaker village it's because of the shakers the shakers and that's they, they is that were religious that they think is like well, the part of i think if memory serves correctly that during their religious uh, expressions they would shake shake yeah. and, and move so they got the name shakers yeah and they didn't think that wasn't a derogatory name because i think i've always thought it was interesting that it was called shaker village i think of you know somebody calling them shakers as almost being like because what was their i think it, maybe it had that connotation but i think it came so broadly accepted that's just what they went by yeah 
And, you know, uh, they were very industrious, but a lot of that is they, they pledged a life of celibacy. And what's your, so, what was the religion of? Um, really? I, I know they were probably a Christian denomination. I'm, yeah, but, I got it. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it says right here they chose a peaceful way of life. They were celibate, believed in equality of race and sex and freedom from prejudice. But I don't see anything about a specific. Okay, here it is. So they believe in the second sect. Uh, they but dedicated but impoverished members of a religious sect called the United Society of Believers in Christ's Christ. Second yeah. Appearing. Yeah, Christ's mm-hmm. Second Appearing. Um, you know, I'm not trying to take a huge religious deep dive, but it's a it's a branch off of Christianity. It yes. sounds like. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And, I think and you, you know, right. the celibacy thing is you know kind of makes it hard to make new shakers when yes. you have to constantly recruit and mm-hmm. as we became more urbanized as a society and industrialized uh, that that kind of led to their demise yeah, there's only a, one active shaker village uh, is left there in one May. Right now? yeah as of as of 2019 there's only one left wow um and yeah as of 2020 there are only 12 now there's only one but shaker village just outside of lexington's harrodsburg mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah they got their name because that used to be one of those communities yeah it was a huge mm-hmm. and so all the people that lived there were called you, shakers you know because, it sat uh before the state took it over it sat in ruin yeah, yeah and for decade after decade after decade it's a I miracle out, that it's all that's still there they showed me the the rock walls mm-hmm. that were the original ones that have been there that they try to preserve and and keep intact so that was really cool mm-hmm. to see that they were still standing mm-hmm. after all this time yeah, it's it's phenomenal. There's oh. also another one in South Union, Kentucky, in Southern Kentucky. There's another there Shaker. Is. Oh, that's cool. It's not as that. well known as Pleasant yeah. Hill, but uh, Shaker Village of Pleasant Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the only time I've been on the property was for a shed hunt. Um, that was probably 2016 or 2017, but it was quail habitat, and I will say that didn't make shed hunting easy, but it was definitely something yeah. that if I was a little quail or a game bird, I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. And it's a great if you want to. Cool Saturday, fall Saturday. Yeah. Go out there and eat lunch. They have tons go of tour, events. They have yeah. tours, events. Tons go out of and tour events. the place, eat a wonderful lunch. It's just a great way to spend a, a, a Saturday. You got anything else you want to plug, Lee? Rachel? Um, well, I think. Uh, fishing's been slow lately. Oh, elk, I did hit the oh, hybrids. Yeah. Elk, uh, yeah. Uh, Elkhorn is flowing 36.8. I don't remember it ever flowing that low. You can get on the hydrographs and look at the historical data. Mm-hmm. I bet you at some point it did, but I can't remember it. Yeah, and, and I'm just saying, when I've been watching it for 25 years. We've now. got no yeah. rain in the forecast, so. I know. The uh, I would say to, we did go hit the Ohio River a few nights ago. Um, we launched at the new Shawnee Park boat ramp in West Louisville, and we ran up to the Falls of the Ohio, which was only a five to ten minute run, you know, and we fished the lower dam. And I'd been looking, you know, we've been in this drought, and you're talking about how low Elkhorn is. I expected them to be running four or five feet of dam mm-hmm. because that's what they had been running. Yeah, I was really surprised when I checked it this morning. Yeah, I was surprised, too, when we got there, and it was 20. The ri- is the river low? It seems like it would be low. The river's pretty low. It's not high. It's at pool. Yeah. I would say it's at pool. But it, it rose like seven or eight feet in the last yeah. week, it's probably from hurricane. hurricane. It's yeah. from the hurricane. It missed us, but it moved up the east coast and it hit Pittsburgh area. Yeah, so if it hits there, it's coming down to us. So we were amazed to see the dam rip in 20 feet. But, you know, that made for some interesting fishing. We did not necessarily fish the dam, but we stuck to the hydros over off to the side where it's nice and safe mm-hmm. and uh, caught plenty of fish. I'd say that if somebody had the opportunity to get out and fish the river right now, it would be good. Mm-hmm. Definitely be worth going to for hybrids or stripers right now, and I'd say within a month we'll be looking at sauger and 
saga. When it's really ripping, though, you got to make sure you're, you know, oh, we wear, careful. We, we don't wear, we had four people on the boat, and all four of us wore rigid life jackets all the time. We yeah. don't wear inflatables down there. You know, we play it pretty safe. Because, I mean, that water's just... Ripping through there when it's that high. Yeah, when you're down there and you're looking up at it, shooting out, and it's like a pillow of water that is five times as tall as you are, mm-hmm. you know, like 20, 30 feet up in there. It's just, no, it's nothing, nothing. Why do you think they're letting that much go? <laughs> just because of the flooding up north. Oh. Because of the hurricane water that hit Pittsburgh. They're just ripping it through and trying to trying to get rid of it. And then uh, they also have the upper gates shut off still for ecotourism you know people want to go tour those fossil beds so they try to keep the upper gates pretty well closed um so people can do that so because of that they're running all the water through the lower gates and so that makes for a lot when, when will that when will they start running water in the upper it shouldn't be long at all so, i mean uh, and for bank fishing on falls the ohio um what do you recommend for the upper dam once you said one foot before oh that's what they're doing right now i mean when they say zero i mean technically it's some water is coming through. Um, you can fish it at any level, but it'll be good for as little rain as we've had until we get a big slog. I mean, we should have good fishing for a while. And I wouldn't overlook those creeks either, even though you said Elkhorn's at 36 CFS. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to kayak fish it, but you can wade fish it. Mm-hmm. And this time of year, those fish should be predictable. And they should be biting. I think, you know, you can have more fun with moving lures. Well, I fished Russell Creek here a week and a half ago, so we did really well. Yeah, you all did but well. But unfortunately, an earthquake came, and there's no more water in it, and all the all the water's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go down there and stare. It's such a sad like thing. Two seconds, I was like, there was an earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> there's no more fish no way you said you guys pulled up in one hole that was really sweet oh my there, there was several in there i'd love to go back to well, um, go back to them eh? i'm 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 going to um we floated from an area known as kemp down to a, a nice public access that they've redone where's this roughly at uh huh? this is on the border of adair in green county okay. uh it's tributary to green river and it mouths right there in, in greensburg not a mile is a crow flies where you take a left on 417 to go do the float that you love to do and I yeah, love to do. Yeah. On the Green River. Yeah. And Green River looks spectacular. I went over and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. On Russell Creek Road, though, there's some public access for people. Uh, you can wade there. Uh, they've they've put in a new parking area. They've put in gravel for you to carry out a boat much easier. It was one of those old what people call slab bridges, the the low water bridge. It's concrete with, with you know, drainage tiles through it. Yeah. And um, a lot of. Uh, counties are getting rid of those uh, that they, they impede fish passage they cause flooding uh you know when the water gets really high that's just a gigantic they, dam well, basically. they inevitably get filled with driftwood and, and debris and, and then they create and that's just a dam that's all yeah. you can see there's a house down 60 here heading towards shelby county mm-hmm. you know the house i'm talking about if you're going down 60 towards shelby county there's a property on the right and they have one of those style driveways. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, That's it, not far from here, correct? No, it's not far from here at all. You, we get an inch of rain. They're going to have a impassable driveway mm-hmm. just because it's one of those and it's all clogged up. But I think they have another way around, though. They have to. They have to because I've seen it. was like, how they get out of there? Yeah, know? but I know exactly what you're talking about with that style of, of bridge. But they put a brand new one in since the last, I was down there last. And uh, it was – I took uh, Sangster, Nathan yeah. Sangster. Yeah. And uh, our new our – new, uh, graphic designer ashley reeves she caught the three biggest small mouse of the day good for her never had done it before either, and she right? never had well she really? was like good for her. Lee, i'm hung and i went well if you paddle up you can often get it to come out the other yeah. side 
So she starts paddling up, and I start paddling downstream, and I look under. It's my kayak she was using. And I was like, um, she's not on. I could see that big smallmouth under the boat. And it came up and jumped. She went, ah! And I went, it's a monster. And then Kevin Kelly was How up in front exciting. of us. Kevin Kelly was with you all, oh, too? Yeah, oh, yeah. He man. was like, what a, what a time. That's a yeah. good float, right? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that sounds was, like fun. Yeah, she caught the three biggest, and she was just over the moon. Is there a good picture of this biggest one? Yeah, Sangster took some fabulous photos. Oh, We're holding them for a Blue Water, future Blue Water Trail. So I haven't seen these photos yet. I probably yeah. don't want yeah, to. Uh, maybe send him an email. Say, send me a couple of those good ones. I also there. want to go float it yeah. and find these special holes for myself i'll show you the map and then we. i think because you all did you dump out into uh green river to take no it we we didn't we, we took out a russell creek how bridge. far from the mouth of green did you take it i'd out? say god 12 miles maybe it's, oh, it's that much it, further down yeah it's pretty, i'd like to explore a little further down and, and phil one of our listeners he's he has a brother has a farm down on russell creek he, he emails me all the time He's interested to know where we accessed and stuff. So if you could float into your brother's place, you could put in a Russell Creek Bridge <laughs> and uh, on Russell Creek Road and float to your brother's place. Plus, we saw three place. kestrels when we were down there. Did you really? And cardinal flower. Cardinal flower. Wow. I see a lot of cardinal flower on green. Yeah. That's one I do know. It's you know that one? One of my yeah. wildflowers. Rick, right Rick stopped in there. I don't know. I, I still don't. I thought we I had brought this my wife some before. home. Um, about, Rick stopped the water about, about wildflowers. Yeah, like I know a few. I'm just trying to learn. I know smartweed. I know jewelweed, jewelweed. and cornflower, and I'm trying to learn some of those. But you know, the was it Dutchman's breeches? Dutchman's breeches are that one's easy. Kristen's favorite. Really? And squirrel I corn like those is too. another good one. But yeah, the, I you know I don't have as much personal use in knowing wildflowers as I do other things. So, but I'm I'm trying to pick them up. It's nice to you know you just kind of feel like you. You gotta start working on your birds. Yeah, and birds. That's I mean, I work I worked oh, on my birds well, and trees. I still birds. struggle with trees. Little little, little, little black birds, and then you got the bigger black birds. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great on well, birds. I know you said you'd someday like to go waterfowl hunting. You've got to really practice. Well, when Rachel bought the wing. duck stamp. Yeah, yeah, I'll get his duck stamp. I'll teach him how to identify the ducks. <laughs> then you, know, you take him. Two trigger pulls could lead you to yeah. you know. I went duck hunting one time with R three uh, when I worked for them. And I, I, I told y'all earlier, I'm a duck gal. I like ducks. I just could, I couldn't do it, man. Duck I gal. let, I let Justin Hamilton, Andrew, and Easton shoot. I was like, I'm just gonna watch. Oh, I would have shot. You guys, you guys go ahead. <laughs> okay. As much as you've driven through our campus up here, you have that much sympathy for ducks. Because they, they I never could, said geese. I oh, said geese. ducks. Okay, if it was a goose, one, now Rachel would have been Goose all over is it. a different story. <laughs> I, uh, I goose banded when I was in college, when I was an intern with the department. Yeah. And they put me in the pen oh, with nice. 400 of those geese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it. They them. tore me up. Tore me up. I wore shorts. Oh, yeah. No one told me not to wear shorts. And they look pretty relaxed in those pens, but I guess Oh, not. no. As soon as you start grabbing them and trying to get them to the banders, it's just, they went crazy. I look like I had lost a street fight. <laughs> When I went back to school. To a goose. To a goose. Well, to 400 of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's one of those. Um, What'd you do on the weekend? Well, I got in a fight in a bar with a bunch of geese. Bunch and, of geese uh, and I lost. They, they, uh, beat, they beat fire out of me. Black and blue. That's one of those really cool department activities that I just one and done for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I won't do that again. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. When you, you talking about getting beat up by the geese made me I sit here and I was visualizing Dave Baker cut up by the bear. Just, <laughs> oh, back to the bear, yeah. Next time you see Rick, ask Rick. I mean, it I'd was, like it was classic. <laughs> One of those classic moments. <laughs> I've seen the pictures that were taken that day. 
I've seen those pictures. Yeah, Dave took good pictures. Yes, I've seen those. But he paid a mighty price. It's, it's too bad no one took a picture of him after all of that oh, happened. It, is there, are there pictures like the bear with his mouth on the... Well, it's mainly <laughs> just the... Lens. It was his claws, claws I got yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was probably friendly stuff, you know. I don't think the bear was being malicious. Not, no. I mean, but I just think he's a young, knothead, you know, knothead puppy bear, basically, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What do, you, what do you guys say we wind it down here? We've been going for a bit, so I appreciate you coming on, Rachel. Thanks for having me for a third time. Yeah, hopefully we can get out there. Hopefully, maybe one of the listeners will win the uh, the quail hunt at yeah. Shaker Village, and if that happens, maybe we'll get out, get out there and meet them and do some filming with it'll them. It'll be so. filmed as long as uh, the winning party consents, and um, it'll be really cool. It's a really cool, cool opportunity, and yeah. um, it's something that not a lot of people in Kentucky get to do in this state. So and it includes all that stuff you mentioned: a guide, the dogs, dogs, access to the mm-hmm. property, a place to stay, meals for two days. Yep, for, yeah, pretty good deal there. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm.